Hey y'all, it's Delaney. And it's Katie, and this is Classically Black Podcast. Where we talk all things classical music and being black in the profession. Let trap be playing in the background. Period. Hey sis. Hey! Right, acting like we just got on the phone. We were supposed to record three hours ago. Literally three. What happened? <laughs> this all makes worse and worse every time. And we ended up just talking. But you know what? At least we didn't have to reschedule for tomorrow, cause that is how it normally happens. I think I think we don't need to do that, cause we literally can't. So. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, for those of you who are frequent listeners of Classy Black, a couple of weeks ago we um, advertised a symposium a series of uh, sessions called disruption action change um that is put on by the eastman school of music's paul r judy center for innovation and research and the university of michigan uh, school of music theater and dances excel lab um so we advertised that told y'all to go if you didn't go well you're here now because we're gonna talk about it um and for those of you guys who came from the symposium, welcome. This cl- this is Classy Black. We're here. Period. Period. Welcome. Um, so this uh, episode is going to serve sort of as a series wrap up, but we are going to, you know, have a pretty open conversation. So you do not have to have gone to the series in order to at least follow what we're talking about. A lot of what came up in the series um, has a lot to do with the types of things that we talk about on classically black regularly so just to say you know um kind of just a jumping off point for this episode the episode is supported by the eastman school of music's paul r judy center uh, for innovation and research and the university of michigan's school of music theater and dances excel lab as part of their collaborative symposium disruption action change creating a more just and equitable arts ecosystem All right, so this um, symposium was broken up into three different sessions, um, and it highlighted um, panel discussions with five different um, artists and advocates and activists. That's what I wanted at first. (laughs) Um, In this field, we have here classical music. Um, So uh, the first panel was with Ashley Gordon of Castle of Our Skins and Margaret Leoy with Chamber Music America. The second panel um, was with Garrett McQueen of Triloquy and uh, Joelle Thompson, who is a DMA candidate um, and composer. And then the last session was with Dr. Antonio Siegheiler. Um, so yeah, we gonna talk about like what they talked about and then um, talk about some of the through lines because it was, <laughs> it was, uh, and reviewing everything like these these people did not speak to each other like in between sessions like session one and session two and, and so forth and there were so many through lines because we are all facing uh the same stuff in this field so we're gonna talk about some of the through lines that uh, jumped out to us you know we gonna have a little chitty chat you know how we go over here and as you can tell this is not a typical um a typical uh, structured episode i didn't even get to do my little thing y'all so that's fine. We're doing next week. Okay. All so, right. if you um, if you would like to learn more about the symposium, um, 
um, and read and watch a little bit more about the guests that Katie just talked about, there's going to be a link in our description to go to that page. Um, each of these guests wrote a blog post ahead of their sessions, and then also mm-hmm. there are recordings of these sessions. So if you want to access either of those things, there's going to be a link in the description for you to do so. So as Katie mentioned, there was a couple of, there were three different sessions rather, um, and each of them kind of had these different uh guests and coming from their point of departure katie kind of listed who they were where they were coming from um there was also different um names of these sessions like the first one was disrupting traditional organizational practice and taking risks to advance adei anti-racism policies the second was uh, making and spreading art that advocates for change and the third was disrupting performance practice traditions and subverting stereotypes of the stage so in addition to what katie said about you know these people not having spoken to each other before doing uh, these sessions but there were so many through lines you can see by the titles of these sessions like they were all coming at it from different angles but like she said there's a bunch of um common ground that was found throughout these so i'm gonna kind of kick it off with one of the things that oh real quick i just wanted to say that uh dr antonio kyler is of florida state university i never said that okay um i'm gonna kind of kick it up uh, kick it up you hear me uh yep, kick it off kick it with with um what uh stuck out to me so one of the the first question rather that they asked everyone across all of these uh different panels was what does uh disruption mean to you or what does it mean to be a disruptor and something that came up um a lot was sort of reconciling with uh the need for disruption in the field of classical music um reconciling that with the negative connotation that being a disruptor usually um holds especially for you know um i think it was dr kyler that talked about you know as being a black man like being a disruptor can be dangerous you know um and so that really uh resonated with me in terms of like um looking at sort of the landscape that you're in uh, as a person in classical music as a black person in classical music and seeing where all of these all of this radical change all the the upheaval of a lot of systems that exist in classical music um and kind of coming to terms with the fact that you know we, we say this on classical black all the time that it's not going to be easy that you may not be everybody's favorite you know um if you if you kind of coin that that um that reputation of being a disruptor yeah but i think even speaking further about what dr kyler said that there that there needs to be first of all i think that it's important to realize that i think gary spoke about this that there needs to be there's what a disruptor can be is like it's so broad because everybody has a different point of departure and what and what they can do to to help change this field so it doesn't it, it just takes so many forms and i think this acknowledgement of like what the fight that we're up against and actually like reconciling everything that needs to be done to make this field equitable disruptor means so many different things but even going further um with what dr kyler uh said is that there that even though even when we strip this negative connotation of what it means to be a disruptor that there just needs to be way more disruptors period and i think um i think we're starting to see a little bit of that but like there just needs to be way more people being like you know what is messed up this whole entire thing (laughs) like (laughs) there is not one person at any facet 
of classical music from from beginning from your box violin at three to your dma so there's not to the to the concert hall to anything arts organizations there's not one facet of this whole thing that does not need to be restructured and come on connectivity that reminds me of you know something else that when we were planning this we we listed as one of those through lines because you said that there needs to be way more disruptors and something that came up a lot a lot was the role of white people in this uh Mm -hmm. conversation um garrett brought up a um you know the difference between allies and accomplices uh you know people who are passive supporters and people who are active um supporters allies being the more the more passive role in that and accomplices being the more active role um and you know that came up also um you know in talking about who should be in the the spotlight I think that that was margaret that talked about that you know that quote of yeah, yeah. Mm, when um, that was a good quote when there's sunlight when you when there's sunlight you step back um when there's like when you're under fire you step in front um and so that sort of topic of like how um how people how white people who are in these spaces and want to enact change um and and contribute to creating that that arts ecosystem that new um you know sort of structure in classical music what they should uh be doing and i i (laughs) appreciate that that came up so many times because like as you can see, I mean, just a couple of weeks ago, um, when the tragedy um, in Atlanta happened, um, and I think it was like NBC or somebody who who tweeted like, "What can Black people be doing to help right now?" And it's just like, not we didn't create white supremacy, girl. It, it, it like, and there are so many Black people organizing for like organizing for our lives, organizing for the lives of other people, and y'all really said, hmm. A white man does this how what can black people do to help what can they get off their butts and do like it's just like what so i appreciate that this um that this came up um so many times and that we had some really important distinctions being made between um between you know passiveness and activeness and when to be at the forefront and when to step aside and i think i, w- I would encourage like I feel there's not enough white people in power that think like Margaret. And you could tell, like, I think it was even um, apparent, like, in her, in the initial portions of her, of the panel, where you could just tell, like, this is how she always thought. But she was open. One of the things she said is that, um, it's like, you have to be able, you have to be willing to listen. She said this in her blog post. She said it several times on on the panel and not only listen but like actually like act on what you what you heard because so many times so many times like white people they position themselves in front and it's like it's like a distraction and they position themselves like well we don't have enough information about this and and we don't have enough data and 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 we don't know what to and it's like you could ask black people and then pay them that you can and she and she said that mm-hmm. you know it's like you can't like you you don't have to no one's asking you to do this for for yourself and i think a lot of times like what i've noticed with white people in this field is that they they will be like well well we, we didn't set it up like this but you guys uphold it 
and then when we when we call you out on our upholding it's like well we 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 love madame butterfly and we just we it's not our fault and like we didn't it's just like what are y'all doing <laughs> like you and that kind of ties into something um i love this voice <laughs> <laughs> not the wicked witch of the West. <laughs> it, it's kind of ties into something that um i think joelle said it about like how you are you value you value things over people's humanity mm-hmm. it should it shouldn't be it shouldn't be like we're we're begging not to get killed and you guys are like well maybe we can have a discussion and it's like what are we doing <laughs> oh my god um and that's sort of like I'm, I'm glad you brought you brought up um that part of Margaret's journey in terms of like how you could tell that this was not always her approach mm-hmm. um but there was some growth there because I think a lot of people it's it's good for that kind of stuff to be visible because not to say that there was no growth there's there's been growth on my part as well like um yeah. but just in different ways like I can't relate to being a white person who you know whatever like this is not her but I'm saying in general like a white person in classical music who may not have been aware of of the existence of these issues and then becoming aware of them and then doubting them and then having to learn and undo all that like I don't I can't relate to that um and it's I think there are some people that I've really just not come to terms with the fact that there are going to be um some uncomfortable you know lessons and uncomfortable truths um that kind of facilitate that growth and to see someone who has who can speak to that journey or will hopefully be able to reach that portion of people because like we've said a million times on classically black it's like to a certain extent we're preachers to the choir anybody yeah. that is tuning into a, a show called classically black podcast hosted by two black uh, women who has several cardi b memes and all all over up and down our instagram page like period you come on bro. You already like, know, like, <laughs> we're not we're not coming in here talking about show fans like <laughs> yeah you know and i think a part of that that kind of brings us i know we started talking about the disruption uh question that was posed to everyone but that also brings us to the very 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 important aspect of this whole series which is the action part and um part of that sort of uh journey that she spoke to has to do with taking that action um and something that that came up a lot as well was um taking accountability first uh uh, both personal and and public accountability personal accountability um is something that Garrett spoke to when he talked about so I think someone asked him like what as white people can we do uh what can as allies can we do and he was like well you need to realize you need to you need to both realize and look for the ways in which you have been part of the problem and that's a part of personal accountability you know um because there's work to be done on like like you said on every single facet of this on the macro level and on the micro level because you have on the macro level this is i think this is something you talked about katie a couple weeks ago on classically black you got people or maybe it's what something we be doing so much um you got people implementing fellowships but then you got people in the orchestra who don't even want those fellows to be there right and that's a great example of a change being made on a macro level but there are are you know individuals in the orchestra that have made that can make uh things like that a hostile environment 
for for um a fellow who they may think oh they don't even need to be here or it's just about the music and and x y and z there's sort of these levels to taking accountability that are like necessary to taking that step towards action yeah i mean at this point like this is the personal side like i just don't see how as like i understand that like there's a set there's a Every, everyone's human there's a certain amount of of vulnerability there like if you take a, a place like our alma mater and they think they they want eastman is so different and da, 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 da. and then it's like you're not telling them but actually you have to do x y and z there is a certain amount of like we're doing a great job but you, you have that idea coming back about like listening and and that kind of stuff organizations you take symphony orchestras and they're like we have, well we have fellows and da da da, da but it's like they, they it's never at ash brought this up as well about how like we're not even we're not you, you want to even change like um uh, repertoire and stuff and you're like okay well we're just gonna do beethoven one and then we're gonna do this like one little art song and we're gonna do this and then we'll do like florence price adoration and it's like okay we're talking about like a 500 year discrepancy year like it's gonna be a smooth six years without us programming beethoven if you really want to make this equitable like if you really want to do this and you're gonna have to do it you know so i understand there's a little bit of like you think you're doing great work and you're trying to xyz but that idea that another thing that kept coming up was like this idea of like equality uh versus equity and dr kyler was like yeah so why don't we just go ahead and nix that equality (laughs) word let's get out of your mind because that's not that we can't even use that word for a good little minute anymore because it's like we're not that's not what we need right now you know um I forgot what I was saying, but oh yeah, the the vulnerability of thinking you're doing a good job and people telling you like you're not that can be difficult. But yeah. it's not. That also goes back to what Margaret said about stop making this about you. Like you that you ent- you entered this profession to make society a better place to to give people a hope. I don't know what kind of hope we get with Wagner, but we move and you entered this work to to do that and now the people that you're supposed to be helping are like yo like i kind of want to go to the concert hall and not be asked pick up or delivery not be looked at by your your fellow patrons because like they don't think i should be there not being uh not being judged when i walk into this space like we we don't even feel comfortable going to the concert hall who are you helping mm-hmm. and i think um the question of that kind of came up with um in the first session about like what are you willing like to sacrifice because there's this huge Mm -hmm. you know resistance to change um that came up you know with Ashley and Margaret's conversation that also came up um dang I, I was just thinking about it and and I lost it but yeah but it came up um in that conversation it it also came up in some in the in the last session with Dr. Kyler and I just like cannot remember what he said but I'm, I'm gonna try to remember it because it was um 
oh oh this is what he said he was talking about how other art forms kind of have this forward thinking yeah uh, mm-hmm. yeah they're moving towards what's the next best thing like what how can we evolve how can we get better and then there are just certain art forms mainly i mean classical music mainly he also said like ballet and like other things but even within the larger world of dance they're still like they still have their contemporary uh arts of dance that they you know that are accessible it, you know i'm not in the dance world but they they seem um accessible and at least prominent you know like it's not mm-hmm. the same as like a contemporary music which a lot of people don't even know exists like contemporary classical music so mm-hmm. um but just having um that resistance to change and that like seemingly unwavering allegiance to it's weird now yeah. the more you think about it it's yeah. really <laughs> weird like i don't want to take the the i don't want to take the the focus away from from the guests but i thought trevor did a really nice job of of that last conversation mm-hmm. and he was like there i guess his research is is um on britain he's like it just is weird when people are like peter grimes is like the best thing best work yet and it's like (laughs) you don't think anything else has been created for 80 years (laughs) like it's and if you when he said that i really like was thinking about it i was like y'all really think beethoven five is like the best thing ever and he wrote that in like the 1800s and like nothing else that's weird and it's like in the in the past eighty years since Peter Grimes wrote whatever whatever they thought was the best thing and ever. Peter Grimes, y'all haven't. Uh, I'm confused on that. <laughs> y'all you haven't listened Britain to nothing but that. Hmm? Have you heard Britney's "Been Summer Nice Dream"? No. That joint is weird. That joint is weird, and but, it's not fun to play. But okay. y'all haven't listened to nothing in the past eighty years. So how would you know? Let's see, talk about y'all, it. Y'all did all of that, and y'all just can't like he drop that one little opera and y'all just y'all just can't let it go that's not what you said about host he said host wrote that he wrote a little ditty about some rocks in the sky y'all can't let him go like because host not the whole planet sweet (laughs) (laughs) i at this obsession with like yeah and also i remember like you know i be i be following some dancers because i think ballet is i be trying to I be trying to channel, channel my inner ballerina when I play viola. Cause you know the whole point is to make it look easy. But one thing about me, you, I be playing something. You be like, why wow, that look hard? Because <laughs> I'm not, I'm not gonna sit here acting like me playing these thirds are easy. Like, nah, this joint is hard. You gonna see me anyway? But I be, I be kind of fascinated with ballet because like the whole point if you over there flopping around nobody wants to pay money to see that you know right and, grunting you know a tennis right, grunt <laughs> right you over here in the audience you like the mic's pick up they my fear <laughs> <laughs> like but these girls really be like <laughs> jumping on they on their freaking toes and like it looks like i could do that you know and it's like that's the point you know mm-hmm. and one thing that they say all the time, like I've heard like little insults or whatever, like from, I think uh, this happened to uh, Debbie Allen's daughter. She sent her daughter to Russia, which, okay, to study, cause you know, that's that's the source, you know, to study. And they her teacher told her in front of everybody one day, it's like, you need to go do Alvin Ailey. And it's like, okay, sorry. Uh, yeah, it was like, you gotta watch that. Her husband went, it was like, I'm getting my daughter. Like, that's it, we done. She only be over there, no way. But it's like this, like, um, this hierarchy that we are just so committed to of like anything outside of of like what was written between 1650 
and like maybe 1950 is like the holy grail everything else is like there's nothing else better than that and i mean if if, and even if y'all thought that like y'all still don't be um programming black people so i don't confuse i thought if that's a holy mecca And I mean, if we if we really keep it in the book, it don't even be stopping at 1950 because then when we uh, every, that's the holy grail of music, and then we get to talking about Queen or Led, Led Zeppelin or Nirvana, oh, yeah, or, or Green Day, like Green Day. <laughs> then all of a sudden, music picked back up. Y'all full of it, but <laughs> literally, <laughs> but um. Chile, yeah. Um, something obvious <laughs> because you know I have all of these these different you know we took we took a lot of notes. And, yeah, um, I'm over here awkward clicking back over. I'm like, what's she gonna say? Yeah, um, <laughs> he's talking about things that came up because it's really it, it was just really cool because like Katie and I went through this process like when we plan for things we kind of go through the process separately and then come together like what did you take from it what did you you know that sort of thing and in a lot of ways we we work differently because katie was like so we're gonna structure it before we do the research because that's gonna help me do the research and i'm like see i'm the opposite i need to do the research first and the structure will come to me like <laughs> and i was like girl if it don't come then we both <laughs> <laughs> it always does it always does but Ew. um uh something i wanted to touch on because this came up um in a lot of different ways was this idea of community engagement and you said that dr kyler was like we just need to nix equality and focus on equity like that was the same approach that he had with going to outreach versus community engagement he was like you don't even notice that you know how we we just be going through this field blind if you don't if you don't wake up you really be helping them uphold some of this stuff because i was like when he said community outreach and I was like, wow, if you really think about it, like, even, like, the way that, that that those two words are set up, it's like, you're not even trying to engage with the people mm-hmm. in that community. You just like, well, I could just, and I mean, I've seen some community outreach firsthand, and it, I know exactly what it looked yeah. like. It's like, you're just there, because they're making you, because you got to get a certain amount of community outreach hours, yeah. um, and you don't want to be there, you like, touching them kids, and all this other stuff, I can't wait for it to go home, and I ain't leaving my stuff here, and just all type of... <laughs> Don't touch me. Don't breathe on me. Yeah. Six feet. Yeah. Okay. Not <laughs> okay. CDC guidelines. But, um, yeah. And, and it's kind of the difference between, you know, engaging with the, with whatever music is relevant to that community. Something that Garrett touched on a little bit about, a lot about rather, um, about what music is, is classic to that community. It's the difference between doing that and just playing bass off and ask some people. <laughs> like, yeah. because um and the way that dr kyler explained it about it being about outreach um being something that is happening to the community whether they like it or not and it's sort of a paternal approach mm-hmm. um definitely definitely made a lot of sense to me because i feel like that's the approach that a lot of classical musicians take to what they feel like classical music is this like you said like like high art and people just need to be enlightened and and realize the the you know just how there is 12 notes how much you gonna be (laughs) enlightened about 12 notes (laughs) 
like it don't take no genius to realize <laughs> rap music be so much no, right like, rap music be way more intricate you want these folks to come sit down in the concert hall and listen to you play 12 notes okay <laughs> but also like i mean that's a little that's a little thing i'll a little hill i'll die on because like i feel like th- there's been a side conversation about complexity in music and like how a lot of people use that like oh rap music is also very complex when I, when the t the, the the real t is that music don't even need to be complex like that's that's the real that's the real i mean t. yeah i heard somebody but, say that too about like it it doesn't have to be complex yeah like but, but I think, yeah, what I'm speaking to is like this whole thing where like you have to have this broader understanding mm-hmm. to understand classical music, and you don't, and you don't need that for any other type of music. I think Which it's just so really kind of, it, and it's so condescending. And especially, it's like, how does me knowing Beethoven's favorite lunch item help me understand Beethoven Five? That doesn't under that doesn't make sense. And also, like you talking about, like okay, so what else do we need to understand? And not to clap in between movements, which I have said before, and I probably will say it again. I don't like that because it would break my focus. I play a prelude. I'm trying to remember how the uh, alamon goes, and I hear clapping. That distracts me. Not that is me. Because I mean, because that's what that recital was, baby. What's come next? Okay. okay. My teacher used to practice that with me. Like he would have people Girl. come in to my lesson, like when I was and, in and Yola, because we would have, huh? And make noise. Yeah, like like coming oh. th- like I would be playing and like just come through the door, like mm-hmm. just randomly, like <laughs> so that I didn't break focus. And like sometimes I can focus. I can focus on. I mean, I was focused last Sunday because concert hall. Who wasn't there? It was it was freaking Lenny and my pianist. You know, like oh, yeah, that was it. Recital. Let's pull over. And no, we should. They these, these folks want to talk about this DAC thing. So we well, hold just, on. But you know, I they, can tie it in. No, but we're anyway so but let's 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 analyze how katie's recital embodied okay. white embodied, supremacy it literally didn't he it played, did. he it literally did. <laughs> played nah <laughs> it didn't. but i like i would i mean i guess clapping between movements i guess if that's something that like people should know ahead of time if that's going to be a distraction i guess but it's just like i don't understand like you don't need like this wealth of, of knowledge to and also I, y'all love to forget that's what i was trying to remember that y'all love to forget that these folks are literally eating hot dogs and hot links in the in the middle of the performance no you said oh, yeah they, even had, <laughs> they had uh winter schnitzel All but right. you know they they eating throwing it boo like don't they they riding in the streets over firebird these like i don't understand all of a sudden like this whole like and y'all love to y'all love to we don't want to change the curriculum then pay attention to the curriculum then because this this new way of listening to classical music is very recent like so i you want the curriculum to change to stay the same so bad that makes you pay attention next time when they talk about that these folks would take a selfies and eat a pop going to the take bathroom some of them in huh taking selfies yeah okay back in yeah 18 Okay. Yeah. yeah. I'll take your word. Yeah. Katie the historian. I, I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to put you on. You 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 fighting me on this. Yeah, I'm telling you the folks. Man. Okay. Girl, they had one G. We have five G now, they got one All G. Alright, so um <laughs> just wanna touch on that that community engagement. Please, cause how do we get here? Um talking about <laughs> outreach versus community engagement. Um and and you know Ashley talked about this too in, ter- in terms of like treating the community as co-creators 
um, mm-hmm. in this process. And I think that's a a really good um, way to put it because a lot of it, it kind of it kind of mitigates that that parental aspect of what outreach is. Right. Because it's not coming to people because it's coming to people and telling them this is what you need. This is what's going to enlighten you. This is the missing piece of the equation because that's giving big colonizer energy like like big colonizer energy yeah you really you <laughs> need to go you go to the you go to a room full of black kids and play a hiding quartet and think that and and, and say congratulations you've been given the gift of music yeah. now you can finally turn that cardi b off like because <laughs> like, that's, that's how people think about it like they think yeah. like once you are introduced to this once you once you have the ability to understand this deep on a on a deep enough level you don't have to deal with any of that other stuff no more you know but the gag is i was just listening to cash doll this morning <laughs> listen that's my classical music baby like and, and gary spoke about that too about that whole like redefining like america has this rich classical um music tradition that is ignored and belittled but we singing um them little things them little squares called you know what i'm talking about what what in the most answer the question stuff? Yeah, the motets and junk. The little square, little oh, before the notation. Yeah, girl. Yeah, them them little things. We over here singing in the little thing with the hand, the little greet, the um, the little hand. Joskin, do do. Someone will correct me. Someone gonna tell. Yeah, with, he had the little numbers. Remember what he had? Is that a different? You know how long it, ago it, I it took, wasn't but three of them. T- it wasn't about three of them. <laughs> yeah, before how long ago it was when I took pre seventeen fifty. First of all, and then y'all talk about. Oh, once you once you learn this amazing stuff, I learned it. I don't remember nan thing. I don't remember anything. I can't even tell you. I don't know he wrote, but I do know he wrote he, he wrote that El Griot piece, and that that motet's and that ain't got nothing That's to do with me because but I'm ain't so, got nothing to do with this over here. I'm so very sorry. My professor was a very nice man, but mine wasn't. I, <laughs> <laughs> Wait. But that look. Well, there's people that there's no way they could figure it out. I just realized I was like. <gasps> This is with Eastman, but y'all can't figure that out. So y'all, y'all ain't gonna know who that was. Katie had beef. Well, she had beyond beyond beef. Beyond beef. She she vegan, so she had beyond beef with with her professor. But very nice man. Could not bring myself to care um, about about medieval music. So 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 sorry if we have any if we have any like medieval like Baroque is fine, but that medieval that whatever that twangy that cat gut sound and the like like baroque is baroque is, to me is is more enjoyable to play than to listen to contemporary music is the opposite no no no, no it's the same it's the same yeah i'd rather play i'd rather play contemporary music than listen to yeah the, with some exceptions prefer- obviously because it's it's a lot of it's, it spans the gamut so there are some yeah. exceptions for me but yeah I also prefer this yeah i'm wrong i also prefer uh baroque music on modern instruments like I'm, if I'm gonna play the Brock, if I'm gonna, yeah. What? If I'm gonna play the box suites, I'm not gonna those, pull out no broke though. Those yes, those yes. But something I'd rather. Maybe that's maybe that's the only one. Then I would say, yeah. but sometimes it's preferred on a. When I hear Bach I on period instruments, I'm like, what, what box suites? I'd be like, girl, anyway. But like regular, like like orchestra stuff, I prefer because especially because that's I was playing fuzzy. them. I was playing, but when I was in Baroque orchestra, I was very irritated because I didn't have a broke bow and i wasn't playing on on gut strings most of the time so i was like i just this is just regular orchestra which i do three yeah. days a week like what's what's the point but mm-hmm. how do we get here 
Girl, uh, um, oh, because Garrett brought up the point about um, redefining what classical music is because we have it a rich classical music. Oh, you know, can we pull over a second? So you remember that one question that they was like, um, should white people be singing uh, Negro oh, spiritual? spirituals? Yeah. What do you think about that? Not, I was like. Not what you think about that. <laughs> because I was sitting there, I was like, oh, I'm glad I ain't got to answer this on the spot because I feel like that that takes thought, you know, mm-hmm. to because it's, cause I think it's all about I think Joel uh, 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 spoke on this. It, I feel like it takes about it's all about the approach, and the yeah, it's about the approach and also knowing the history behind them and stuff. But it's like you really want you really want people up there talking about how they feel like a motherless child. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to figure out because I've also and then I'm trying to I'm, I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of someone in the audience as well because <clears throat> I've had someone asked me someone from my studio from my my ex studio asked me did i have any pieces my ex. Uh, not even former girl no <laughs> my ex um uh did i have any pieces for a base um by black composers and i you know i played the five negro spirituals and she was just like and i didn't even i to be honest i didn't even think about it and i, I think they brought they brought up you know there's different types of spirituals ones that say things like yeah you know the ones that say things that are more explicitly tied to like the pain of having been through slavery and some things that are more abstract um Mm -hmm. but ultimately that question is 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 difficult to approach because a lot of people will take things like the question of whether or not non-black people should be able to sing mm-hmm. spirituals and then they attribute to something exactly else. where you go they'd be like see. they'd be like well can i play this florence press symphony i'm like the symphony sis like i remember i would never forget i made a status over the summer like in the heat of everything that was going on i was like just a fyi you do not have to be black to play black book and then all these violas were like well what do you recommend i'm like you're asking now how many people you have go through your studios there's prominent black composers f- that write viola works not y'all thinking y'all couldn't put the sonatine like what about the sonatine did you not think what like, like y'all s- i'm so confused and also you, you thought i was german this whole time got me i didn't even get onto illinois state campus good for i had to play the, the bach <laughs> oh i didn't know i was german like I, yeah and like there are so many other um like like modern like contemporary uh, black artists that people sing stuff from all the time y'all singing j y'all y'all rapping along to j cole y'all singing along to beyonce like y'all sing formation up and down what is formation about you know what i mean um so as far as the negro spirituals personally i would probably not want to go see like i I would not leave my house to go see a white person <laughs> singing a Negro spiritual. I would not because for what? But um, I mean, I, if it was on a program, you were already there. And you know, wow, the bathroom calling my name. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> um, but oh no, I have an emergency. No, I'm just kidding. Um, but <laughs> you, I just don't want are. that conversation to be to you know to cloud other types of repertoire because i feel like a lot of people will be using it as an excuse oh i didn't know because i just didn't know and it's just like girl and if we talk about repertoire we can talk about how that that idea <clears throat> about like 
envisioning was it Dr. Kyler that said this of envisioning like when you think about it was Dr. Kyler talking about like who your donor is and this idea of decolonizing your your imagination because this idea that black people don't want to do they, they don't want to come to classical music things they don't want to do all this stuff so it's like you're trying to think about like you're 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 picking programming based on like who you think would enjoy that who do you think what what would your donors think and it's like black people have money too mm-hmm. it's like you overhop that to be like well we gotta have we gotta have seven beethoven concerts a month or like what would our donors think and it's like who are your donors and like who are you leaving out of the conversation when you think that your donor are are um college educated wealthy white women mm-hmm. that's your that's your go-to donor that's a problem and that's the only person you think who has money okay what he say he said he gonna you gonna uh uh i wrote it down because i was like Ooh. So I'm like, <laughs> he's like, you go uh, make yourself irrelevant right out of, close your doors, something like that to that effect. Mm-hmm. Like, you gonna, you know, I can't find a quote. I got so many notes here. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I was going to say, and, and that goes to what, and another thing that he touched on about the community engagement is that, like, the institutions that were more deeply connected with their communities were, um, were okay in hard times. Like, for example, the, 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 the recession in in 2008 the communities like carried them through that because they had that connection so if y'all want to just fizzle out then fizzle away but that's what what meaningful community engagement um just from like an organizational you know longevity standpoint Mm -hmm. will will do for you yeah and also <clears throat> speaking of um one thing uh, another common uh, through line that came up was this idea of funding certainly in ashley and uh, dr a- ashley margaret and dr kyler's um discussions is like actually brought up a good point about like how all of these organizations these huge like legacy organizations are getting all of this money and it's like don't you you're giving money to people who don't need it like if i thought i thought classical music was y'all thing like why don't you depend on your donors and also uh maybe an organization like the met with a 300 million dollar budget should be a for-profit organization Mm -hmm. you know and and how like these how like these smaller organizations are missing out on money because you're giving two hundred fifty thousand dollars to the Met. When we gonna cancel the Met? <laughs> everybody's tired of them. I'm just confused. Like everybody's tired. Girl, I just saw they they airing something with I forget, oh my gosh, it's a throwback See? recording with Placido okay, Domingo singing and James Levant. I was like, y'all just at this point, like, y'all. What are you doing? <laughs> at this point, y'all just like. It's like everything must go, <laughs> like sell, like at the end when something's like going out of business. Like I remember Mervin's. You remember Mervin's? Mm-hmm. Or maybe I wasn't in your in your region, um, but there was this there was this uh, store that went out of business, Mervin's, and I just remember being saying that everything must go sell. Y'all just we just put it all on the table, 
Yeah, I mean they might they can just good for them. They can just exist freely now. Everybody know they trash. When that that fake thing went around a couple weeks ago and everybody thought it was a real story, it's like just ride it out, y'all. Ride it out. <laughs> Cause it's like I feel like they could do whatever they want. They're the only organization that could do whatever to them and, and the um and them folks in Oklahoma. Those are the only two organizations, Oklahoma Oklahoma Symphony, yeah. No, so the them, opera. Tulsa but, opera. But remember but then wasn't the Oklahoma Symphony the one that put that uh that one post out with all them white composers? Yeah. So them three. Them three, just do whatever you want. Unfixable. Yeah, but I feel like the the Met is particularly clueless and the Tulsa Opera one was 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 much worse than the Oklahoma one that was just them yeah, like that was just ignorance was just ignorance it was yeah, one of those true. like which like one of those memes of like which table you want to sit at and it was like five tables like basically there was 30 composers all 30 of them were white men I'm like y'all didn't look at this and would like <laughs> bro whatever um yeah but as we sort of transition into the intermission do you have any any final thoughts um i don't think so i think i I touched on them we have a lot here but yeah. i think <laughs> i think we covered all of these in some in some way so no nah, i think i'm good all right well this will be the first one of the first times that we re-explain the intermission because there might be some new people listening oh okay so normally the intermission is when i get to have fun with my friend delaney i don't know why she you're Oh, co-host, business partner. You're right. Oh, don't be co-crass, Lenny. That's Miss Harris. No, I'm just kidding. Also, y'all don't know what I deal with, so, you know, I'm going to do a tell-all. Yeah, okay. It's going to be a a brochure or a pamphlet. Okay, everyone, you see me up there with Oprah crying. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, the intermission is a break we take from talking about stuff and normally we play games and do fun little stuff but today <laughs> normally it's fun but today <laughs> i mean it's kind of heavy normally intermission. oh wait that one intermission was heavy that one time when i was like what gives you hope and you were like <laughs> you didn't have an answer <laughs> be like that good sometimes. times anyway um today we're just gonna so delaney mentioned that question that was asked by asked to wow <laughs> prepositions asked to everyone um and that idea of like what is what is it was it was very it was why can't i speak today father god it was different for every person it was like spinning around a little bit some but basically what do you think a disruptor is slash what does disruption look like for you in your work dalani i'm gonna go first Sure. So um, part of being a disruptor for me has been um, and, you know, to bring it around, Garrett spoke to this a little bit about um, bringing your authentic self into every space, not code switching. I've talked a lot about, you know, how that came about for me, how I used to I used to very instinctively code switch. And I didn't even like when Katie said she didn't do it. I was like, it has literally never occurred to me to just stop doing it because it's very much a natural reaction so um disruption for me has has meant that on a personal level has meant you know coming into all you know spaces as myself um wear what I want to wear 
um not you know just just being just being me right um especially because okay, small backless dresses to the office love that for you that's me i'm trying to be encouraging that's being me i can't encourage you i thought we okay so talking about y'all, anyway so you, i said like a, so a, that's a clear example but i said being me is backless dresses to the office me I'm just trying to you. I'm trying to encourage you. And, just, and this is what happens. All right. So um, right here, 4K or whatever. Listening. Yep. Listening. <laughs> <laughs> You're ridiculous. Not listening. Okay. <laughs> okay so um, that and other things that Katie made me forget. Oh. Um, <laughs> I think we got a question when we did our live show at Sphinx about like how to kind of how to create this disruption in like the the office space and and whatever. And I said, well, you know, you're listening, you're you're talking to two people that are not afraid of confrontation. So (laughs) this might not be the answer that you want. (laughs) And so so for me, being a disruptor is kind of not necessarily leaning in, but like, I mean, part of that um, not being afraid of confrontation is just making sure that I'm bringing my honest opinion um, and not being afraid to be the person that is speaking up and making waves, you know, because people will people will always try to gaslight you and make it seem like, oh, you always causing problems. No, I'm always pointing out mm-hmm. problems that y'all cause. <laughs> it's two different mm-hmm. things. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I feel like those are, are kind of on the personal and professional levels what disruption means to me. I think for me, I would say like... Um, I would say the same thing, like even starting from there about like showing up as my authentic self. Like, like Delaney said, I I stopped cold switching. I just decided not to do it because I spent like I think it's not saying I've never done it. I feel like I think to a certain degree a lot of black people find themselves doing it. But I just did it so much through high school. I just got so I just got burnt out <laughs> of it. Like I just got burnt out, so I just stopped doing it. And I just bringing in one thing about me, like I I probably at least 99% of the time I just don't even think there's ever a time I always bring Katie wherever even I was in rehearsal the other day with the associate concert master of the Memphis Symphony and she was like can you play louder and I was like yeah I'm trying I'll be trying to listen you know I'm trying to listen so I could fitness what you doing she's like yeah but just and it was and you see how nuts she wasn't like why are you talking like that and, and you see how she just was like oh, okay but can you just play louder so I can hear you and it was that was it like I wouldn't I feel like there's a time in my life sound <laughs> okay okay playing an octave she can't hear the bottom <laughs> um so just like always being myself i think also another thing i feel like i said earlier i think disruption um happens there's a, it's a spectrum and i think like classically black is certainly a level of disruption and i will also say like even in my personal interactions with other musicians i talked about it on the show like the debacle i had with the fellows and them not wanting to play um a, a, a composer of color for the sake of playing a composer of color i'm like you are a person of color what if you didn't have this fellowship because they didn't want people in their orchestra for the sake of having people in their orchestra like you know how dumb you sound like and even standing up in that moment writing a follow-up email and advocating like we will play black composers and now we playing them them next sunday we'll be playing them hell Stork, uh three spirituals right, drop and the link just to the live stream 
I mean, low-key, we do sound kind of good, so I might could, but I'm not going to. Um, but, uh, yeah, and, and because, like, they're good musicians and no one wants to be embarrassed, that it is in tune and it, it's good, you know? So it's, like, just kind of keeping energy the same wherever I go. Like, you're not going to sit here and disrespect Hailstock like he's some... Like, like he's some SoundCloud rapper. Ain't nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying. <laughs> I'm just saying. Is that visual? <laughs> like he making beats in the bathroom. Like it's a freaking adult sales store. You're like, I don't want to play the composers of color just because. Sounds stupid. Well, because it's not Sibelius. Y'all so daft. And a lot of y'all, yeah, a lot of y'all, <laughs> like y'all just daft and dunce and dense. Okay. <laughs> I forgot that happened. Now I'm all irritated again. Like, cuz that's so. One thing we didn't talk about is how a lot of some of these people, yeah, never mind. We could get off of I ain't gonna say that right now. But yeah, a lot of y'all be doing, y'all be helping. That's what I will say. <laughs> Sometimes, sometimes we can play. We can play foreign spice. Be like, you know, it'll be really nice. Debbie, you see, your your black mouth said that. Gross. Um. Yeah. If y'all knew the classic black WC we don't do that over here at all. At all. So. <laughs> right. Um. Okay. Come on, cute intermission. Um. Oh, that did turn out kind of cute. I know how where I was gonna go. No, I mean besides the daft and dunce and. <laughs> Unlike, yeah, I'll, you know, I love me a good alliteration. I have to keep going. I need three of them <laughs> Daft, Dunce, and Dense. Yep, that well, sounds daft? to me like we got a, a, a episode name <laughs> Daft, Dunce, and Dense. <laughs> Do you say Daft? Is that a Jamaican thing? You call someone Daft? Well, I don't think if I don't use it, it means it's a Jamaican thing. I've heard it, I've before. only heard Jamaican said it. That's why I said it's a Jamaican yeah. thing. But I didn't know if it's my words. It's not in my Jamaican. vocabulary, but I've heard it multiple, you know. Like, you're not Have the you first heard? person I've heard to say that. Oh, okay. Yeah. I've only heard Jamaican say it, so I didn't maybe, know if it was. I feel like I've heard it, like, kind of a British thing, so maybe that's, like, that connection. Oh, that yeah, they was over there in Jamaican. Yeah. Just mm-hmm. running the mugs, so, so that's probably where so. it came from. Okay. Um, Love yeah. that. Right. Everything traced back to colonization. The theme of this episode. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorites. Also, my I hate being my uncle say that to me. It's like you didn't have to go. I have a master's degree. You didn't have to call me Daft. <laughs> Don't be Daft, Katie. Wow. Thanks, Uncle. Anyway, um, yeah. So moving on to the kind of other end of the sandwich of this episode, the intermission being the meat so and sandwich. cheese. Uh, yes, um, vegan meat and no, vegan cheese. Like little tofurkey, little tofurkey, wow, little life, <laughs> little vile life, cheddar. Out of wood chips. <laughs> what you talking about? Nah, the things you said that look like couch. <laughs> Girl, whatever that was, I forgot what video that was. Katie has a no. vegan YouTube channel. Katie makes it vegan. Subscribe to her. But she made something and it looked like a piece of couch. I'm so sorry. Okay. It, it looks like in the bag. It, before you cooked it. Right. But once you rehydrate it, you season it. Um, that torta, I think it was a torta, some taco, something. Yeah. Lit. I was like, Katie, I have to be honest with you. I'm coming to you as a woman. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, Nikki tried to come for me yesterday because I told her that they make like these like chicken chunks but in the same form like they're dehydrated vegan chicken chunks and i said i was gonna make them like i was gonna brown stew them and she's like i would literally never eat that and i was like nikki this or like a a carcass like come on what are we even talking about (laughs) like not listen i don't care what people eat i literally i go home and i smell oxtails i'm not i don't care 
because caring about what people eat has never paid a bill of mine. But I will say it's like we are we are on opposite sides of the spectrum talking about the same thing. Like not you dragging me for this, but you eating flesh. It's kind of weird if you think about it. Just like the couch is weird. I want to just like, but yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So moving on to the the. <laughs> the outer part of the episode so kind of the the point of departure of this entire series um of disruption action change um you know the tagline is kind of like creating a more a more equitable arts ecosystem and it's geared towards the next generation of um arts leaders right so we had a lot of different um uh, panelists some you know you know at varying points in their in their careers um and varying um different I guess institutions across the spectrum of classical music um but we kind of just wanted to speak towards like how what we learned and what we took away from these sessions applies to this next generation of arts leaders um so kind of um taking these observations and and sort of I don't know um uh, pointing out what what do we think is important for these um this next generation of arts leaders what is important to prioritize um what is most useful in kind of building up that that different infrastructure um yeah so and and, and we're kind of speaking to ourselves right because Katie and I are, are are pretty young so that's kind of I'm pushing 30 you're not pushing 30 i mean you your age rounds up to 30 but you're not like 29 (laughs) i mean yeah i'm getting up there though you're getting up there yes go looking for a walker or something okay start paying that down aarp aarp can never be too safe can never be too safe great so all right then a wise one why don't you kick us off then (laughs) not a wise one (laughs) um what was the question i'm playing i'm playing i'm playing um one thing one thing that i think that a lot of there are a lot of young people doing a lot of great work and i think there's this there's this like um idea that like all we gotta do is wait for someone so to die out all we gotta do da, da, da. but what we don't realize is like this is especially true when it comes to like when we talk about racism, like all we gotta do is wait for them to die out. But these people are raising people, and I think th- my worry for the future is that like we're gonna be having these conversations thirty years from now, because I even like even to bring it right back to what I just said about the my fellow fellows is just that like th- these are people who are like who are my age mates, you know, and they're saying that they don't want to place play people of color for the sake of pe- playing people of color and you know it's like that's not gonna go away so I feel like we have to be mer- more fervent in how we in actively doing the work like we have these organizations who we have these organizations who want to who are thinking about change they want to have change they want to do all this stuff and it's like we have to be more you know we have to be more determined than ever to make this change now because a lot of these people who come after us and are whatever the next generation, whatever the heck, will simply continue to hold up these systems. Um, and that's what, because there's a lot of great ideas. We know that this um, field is not equitable. 
and we know all of these things and people and even even when we put things in place for for it to make it equitable some people just want to use those things to get the, to where they want to go and it's hold the same things that prevented the gatekeeping you know so i don't know girl we're gonna see <laughs> no no girl we're gonna see uh, <laughs> um yeah so something that something that kind of came up and i think you know we didn't talk about it as much before the intermission but is really um i think pertinent to this sort of building and restructuring um and sort of transforming the arts ecosystem um after the disruption uh for particularly for these um new arts leaders is the this whole idea of incremental versus substantial change um and a lot of people love them some incremental change they love them some it's a start that loves them so we'll get there eventually um and and i think that's a that's a james baldwin quote about like whose time like they say like oh it's just gonna take time and it's like whose time because it took my grandfather's time it took my my father's time and now it's taking my time you know um and that's kind of um the approach that i see towards like incremental change so you know i'm all about some i'm about you know um substantial change with strategy obviously like i feel like a lot of people and that's a lot that's one of the ways that a lot of people who are um advocates for this restructuring the system are gaslit because people will be like oh you want substantial change you just want to tear everything down and not have a plan and xyz and it's like no you don't want to hear the plan and the plan yeah. doesn't always include <laughs> beethoven on a pedestal and so that's why you don't want to hear the plan you can really be at these folks i'm like you know what why don't we just take a year off of beethoven and what you hear is they wanted me at dawn with blowtorches and and gas the whole building down and, and they want to break our and and they want to break our strings and and, and bend our mouthpieces it's like girl <laughs> no one said that <laughs> calm down just ask one season no beethoven and the whole whole concert hall go up in flames don't need so I promise you, they will still come, especially, man, you know what? Gary made me so jealous because when he said Meg the Stallion with the Houston Symphony, I will pay. I feel like I'm embarrassed to admit the amount of money I will pay the Houston Symphony to be within CDC guideline feet of Meg. When I tell you, if Meg did something with the Houston Symphony, I'm going to be in row one. And 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 listen, we're gonna give free I'm gonna give free game just for for just for a little baby second right here. And but I would like my check. When I tell no, time you stamp. I was ecstatic when I saw so Garrett posted a status on Facebook saying, um, something about Mike Shorter maybe. And I was like, that didn't come out of nowhere. Cause you know, I don't watch award shows. So um when when I saw Maestro the baby, I said that that didn't come out of nowhere. So I looked, I saw, I went to what's trending. The Grammys were happening, and the baby was up there conducting. He had to be dazzled by time. I said, now if one of y'all don't get in touch with his people and say, let's have the baby come up here and conduct the concert. When I tell you, listen, the baby and he did a pre-concert talk. He won't do uh, that. They can't afford that. To be, I honest, would empty but, my bank account. <laughs> but the way I mean, I'm telling like you yeah, pay, yeah, to for him to talk to. I mean, for him to do one piece that plays itself, 
Yeah. Like you can you can make him do a piece. The arrangement of Florence Price's adoration plays itself. Make the strings go. Let him wave his arms around. It's not too long. He won't get bored. Done. And even and even and it doesn't even have to be like that because that also kind of seems like you know like oh we just put him the orchestra's gonna play and we just gonna he just gonna do whatever like he could he could he probably could play learn. With I didn't I, I didn't know of like no if not he was even do a, not you know, even you like learning to, to conduct it, but just, like you know how soloists will they will solo and they will also kind of be the leader of the orchestra like he could do he could do it the baby song orchestra oh and then yeah conduct like, them at the same time yeah like start the orchestra oh start the orchestra yeah, you gave him, you gave him and, a free game we, because i what i was thinking <laughs> is what yeah take this out delete it because <laughs> because what i was thinking what they make they do with like when they make the principal conduct for mm-hmm. you know yeah, or like yeah, when they make yeah, a board yeah. member conduct let's that's what play I, that piece. that's what i was thinking at first but then i got this idea just now so you know what i'm, I'm i am gonna leave this in i'm gonna leave this in but whoever does it i would either like oh i would like both the check and fly me out and i want a ticket um now but, I mean, and me too i'm her lackey let me go too okay yes i want a ticket for both of us so whoever is this and does and, and brings us to their artistic department and and gets in contact with the baby we need backstage passes at the very least and i mean and also it needs to be an orchestra that's gonna be like they're not gonna be irritated yeah yeah and it should be it should be in the black city I mean, but the Baltimore Symphony needs to be put on punishment. So, either the, <laughs> either the Memphis Symphony, but I don't, you know, or Philadelphia Orchestra. Like, it needs to be, like, in a city with a significant black population. I mean, L- I mean, L.A. has, a, you know, L.A. is pr- quite diverse, but black people that's in L.A. Would, would that's on brand for them, too. Is, yeah. They just had Mar- yeah. Mary Mary. Um, yeah. You should be the L.A. Phil. Yeah. So. That video would be hilarious. Can you imagine a video of Dudamel giving the baby a conducting lesson because i mean i've seen Dudamel meet uh snoop dogg and that'd so, be hilarious you know, be like <laughs> i will i will pay a real usd to see that but I, it will be on youtube and i will pay i will pay for him to be like baby don't baby don't baby don't count can you remember when <laughs> you know he's speaking third person remember that tweet when that picture went around of him people thought it was him and he was like, "Baby, don't send news." That was a tweet. Oh, okay. Yeah, I saw that. <laughs> yeah, so he'd be like, "Yeah, baby, don't count three. <laughs> like that would be. And I feel like I don't know. Maybe I give the baby too much. I I would always defend him because they must be hating. Let me knock on some be wood hating. because they love every to time, hate on baby. They love yeah. to hate on him. I'm gonna knock on some wood because I'm, I'm literally the same week. I sang that Kurt Franklin song, saying I've been not hear nothing about the baby news. I've been not hear nothing about him, but like. Like the way he, when you listen to his some of his records, like you could tell, like there's some musical knowledge there. Mm-hmm. Like it would be, it would be good. It wouldn't even be, yeah. You gotta. There's so many, and I mean, honestly, you could tell these arts organizations are trying because the biggest and most obvious one, like literally the one that you leave out, which is like it, it writes itself. You don't even have to try hard. Is Lizzo? That's what are we tell, doing? Why what are no you doing? <laughs> you don't, just tell me. Show me you don't care without telling me you don't care. That's the obvious re- like why has you literally Lizzo. And you know Lizzo Lizzo, I'm not in her life. I don't know what she's doing, but I guarantee you she not practicing flute eight hours a day. But give you could give her a Suzuki book for flute concerto and make her do that and then also and make for solo orchestra. Make her do that because she has a music degree. And then also make her do one of her one of her songs with yeah. the orchestra. 
Like, it's such somebody a- to write a Lizzo hook concerto. Wait, oh, girl, delete this. That's at one oh eight. Delete that. For don't real? be giving them. Don't be giving full. I'm just playing. I'm not playing. Oh. Give me full free game. Yeah. And it's like I know y'all can afford it because you can't tell me Janine Yansen ain't learning no Sibelius for any less than a hundred thousand dollars. Tell me, tell me, look me in my face and tell me Janine Yansen is hopping on a plane from Denmark to play Sibelius violin concerto for any less than a hundred k. Y'all have the money. And half y'all patrons, y'all think y'all patrons so educated. You need all this stuff. They call her Janine Jansen anyway. So why don't you take what? So take that money, take that money, and hire somebody. (laughs) 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 I'm just saying, like, nah. Take that money and do and and engage people who would actually. And it's not just about sold out concert. And it's not just black people. Like white people listen to the baby too. Sure do. Show do it. They all up and down TikTok. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, the issue would be you put Megan in, at, at, in front of the Houston Symphony. Hopefully, black people feel like they are welcome in that space. That's another thing you're going to have to do some serious work on, which I don't know. I don't know. What, I'm not going to speak on what they're doing because I don't know what the situation is down there. Listen. But, you know, I know two girls that so might help. That part, <laughs> that part, I, I, I know two girls who go who could might who could might meet Meg might, and talk. Who might could who, who, who might who who really might could help. Uh, who might could maybe could yep. Might could maybe possibly show enough um, mm-hmm. meet Meg and, and talk to her. Do and a little pre concert talk. You know we do, do, we, we do that. Ooh, right. and then she could show us how to do that thing when she ooh ooh throw that back. Yep, I want her to do that. Mm-hmm. A friends and her mom had me. <laughs> we get too excited because when I tell you, I told Katie, I said we might could fly to Detroit and see the Detroit. I think it's the Detroit Opera that's doing the Malcolm X Opera. Like I like guarantee you, I will fly to Detroit go see that. Yeah, like the fact that I will. Hop, you know, I don't like leaving my house. I don't even like going to the grocery store. But I, mean, I will fly to Detroit. Grocery store even be having me kind of. <laughs> okay, but the baby and Meg. Not Doing us programming this whole con- Yeah, we gotta be. We gotta. We give away too much free game. Oh my god! I will That's pay like Book us. I, I will pay pesos, USD, JMD, oh, rupees geez. to see freaking arrangement of crybaby with Meg and the baby. Her friends and her mom hate me, and you don't have to orchestra gonna miss that entrance because listen, baby loves to come in on the on the E of four. You know what I'm saying? Ah. Uh, Mm. And, then, and, then, and then the English one go do de do do dee. Yeah, friends and her mom maybe ah. Then the back the cry baby. Uh, yup. Cut this out because you know it's too much free game. It's free game. Y'all have to want to do it though. You think people are gonna? And also, they love. Um, how can we get a younger audience? Black people will not only benefit from that. Black people is who I care about, but they're not gonna be the only ones. You wanna you wanna get some thirty somethings in there? Like, do that. But y'all just wanna buy the Harry Potter score, throw the screen up. And it's just like I feel like history will tell you every single time we set the trends. We really, really do. So it's like Black people are the culture. I I, I know I know that sickens you to hear. <laughs> I I know. But we set the standard, we set the culture, and then y'all appropriate and steal. <laughs> That what that video of um 
Oh, uh, Jimmy Kimmel? Whatever. Girl, it took me years to learn the difference. But I know the Jimmy. Wait, no, it's. Wait, which one? See, you didn't, you didn't got me mixed Whatever up. Whatever that dude, what that girl was doing, all them TikTok yeah, dances. He's the one I don't like, so. Doing all them TikTok dances and. You could have. It would have taken you nothing to just invite the people who made the dance. Cause what did um? <laughs> oh, I don't know if if, if Beyonce had the Nene twins. And yeah, they didn't have a girl. I, I'm sure when um that Savage dance came out, the Savage remix came out, mm-hmm. they used that little girl. I think her name is Kiki or something. They used that girl's dance, and I know Beyonce sent her a check for that. I don't remember if I saw her in the video or not. But you had this girl half doing these dances. You could have had just the, the creator of the dance doing it. Jesus Webbs, I don't know what to tell y'all. Yeah. So this is some of y'all, some of your benefits of employing some of these future arts leaders. Because we, we arts leaders right now, to be honest. We're talking I'm about future. I'm telling you, bro. And if you make it a good experience and you show them man you can use that as a teaching opportunity show up with them that black people have real estate in classical music y'all we don't know that because you paint a completely different narrative you also use that concert and you play a little sam mccorvish taylor novel novelette you play this you play that there are going to be people who will come back to see what else you talking about that's how they sucked me into Black Panther and into, into the Marvel movie with Black Panther come over here and watch an Aquaman universe <laughs> like <laughs> I never. I went. I I saw Black Panther three times in theaters. In theaters. I, I've never done that before. I've never saw a movie. This is so good. Went back and saw it again. I've never paid for something twice, especially with movies. I don't know what's gonna happen. What's the point? I, that's my thing with movies. Mm-hmm. And then I was over here. I went to. I paid for Aquaman, that other long one. I went with you. Oh, the Infinity one and the yeah. game. Yeah, we went to both of those. See. Um. Mm-hmm. But yeah, would have told y'all. Listen, so. Y'all, we have the answers, y'all. Just say you say you don't want them. It's it will be less offensive. All right, y'all. So um, I will link in the description um the recordings of these sessions as well as the blog posts um where you can learn more about all of these guests and what they was talking about. Um and yeah. Period. Thank you for listening to Classically Black Podcast. Don't forget to follow us on social media at Classically Black Podcast. If you have a piece of the week suggestion, a black excellence suggestion, or the other one, send to Classically Black Podcast at gmail.com. Don't forget to check us out at classicallyblackpodcast.com. If you're a black musician, join ISBM. It's free, girl, free, free 99, $0.00. ISBlackMusicians.com. Follow us on social media at ISBlackMusicians. And we will see y'all next week. Bye, y'all. I've been told.